0: Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for leaders in the Church of Christ. This is Andrew Cook. It's great to be together again. Christian Basics, more on the theme of heaven. We come here on Serving today to our second look at the subject of heaven in our Christian Basics series. We've already seen that the future of the Christian believer is secure. Heaven and Christ await us. But something that has again been misunderstood by believers is the issue of judgment. If the Christian has been saved, why is he or she to be judged when Christ returns? Derek French asked our guest, Dr John Hall, if he could help us with this. Well, Derek,
1: judgment means separation into the group to which you belong. The picture of the sheep and the goats, whether you're a Christian or not. But secondly, there's also the evaluation of the life you have lived. Believers have, through becoming Christians, already passed from death to life. On the judgment day, that will be made clear and confirmed. They'll be the sheep. But also on the judgment day, the way the believer has lived will be judged. There'll be an evaluation. The Bible speaks of reward or loss as a result. Speaking to Christians, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Paul solemnly reminds Timothy of the judgment as a spur for the believer to do his work well for the Lord. Derek will read to us now from 2 Timothy 4 and verse
2: 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I'd give you this charge. And also,
1: in Revelation 20.12, the books are opened and all are judged according to what they had done. Those in Christ are in the book of life and are saved, but still the way they live is important and is evaluated. You remember too, in Matthew 25, 46, which ends like this, then they will go to eternal punishment. That's speaking of the goats, the ones that are not Christians, but the righteous to eternal life. In summary then, those who are saved and secure in Christ now will be shown to be so on the day of judgment. But anyone who is truly a Christian will produce fruit. You read about that in the parable of the sower or in Jesus' illustration of the vine and the branches in John 15. Every Christian who truly is a Christian will have a changed life and will walk in all those good works and deeds that God has planned for him. You can read about that in Ephesians 2 and verse 10. But those Christians who built foolishly on the foundation of faith in Christ will suffer loss, as Paul says about those like Paul involved in church planting, in 1 Corinthians 3, 11-15, which Derek will read for us.
2: For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames.
1: So there is reward for good work. In verse 8, Paul says each will be rewarded for his own labour. The Christian, though, who builds poorly on the salvation that he's been given in Christ, will suffer loss and yet will be saved.
2: John, are these last verses applicable to all men, or do they only describe what will happen to Christian believers?
1: They only apply to Christian believers. We must all remember that we are not saved by our works, but by Christ's work. And that's where the great divide occurs, those who trust in Christ alone and those who trust in themselves and their works. Only those who trust in Christ alone will go to heaven. But those who do trust in Christ alone, Christians, will be judged on how they have lived. So if we are Christians, we must live well, loving Christ and serving Christ according to his commands.
2: John, what will believers do and where will believers live after the Lord's return and that glorious day of resurrection?
1: Well, this is really wonderful, Derek. God has promised us a new heaven and a new earth, really exciting, a perfect world with a physical component to it. And there in that lovely new world, we will love, praise and serve the God who has loved us and saved us. Various pictures are given in the Bible concerning this new world, a picture of perfection Of the world as we know it now because we can only think in terms of the world we know now that's found in Isaiah 65 or it's pictured in a perfect and lovely city in Revelation 21 and 22 a world where there is no more sorrow or sighing as in Revelation 7 well let's look at some of these verses we'll start out with 2 Peter 3 verses 10 to 13 that we've read many times before in these
2: studies But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. And the elements will melt in the heat. But, in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So we see the picture there, the present structures that we
1: know will be destroyed, laid bare, but that's not the end. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. For instance, in John 14, when the Lord was going away from the disciples, he pictured this new home as a house with many rooms that Jesus himself had gone to prepare a place for his own. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. But now, let's turn to some of the pictures in Revelation 21 and 22. Read both chapters, listener, but we've only time just to skim over them. Derek's going to read to us now the first four verses of
2: Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people." and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Glorious passage this, isn't it? It
1: is indeed. A new heaven and a new earth is pictured replacing this old world. It's symbolised by a holy city, the place where God is going to have full communion with his people. And again, like the picture of Revelation 7, it's repeated there that he'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Now who will be there? I wonder if you'll be there. Derek, please read on,
2: verses 5-9. to He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly and unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulphur. This is the second death. Everything new. Don't we all like
1: new things? Well, this really is going to be brilliantly new. And Jesus is going to be there. He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. And those who thirst for eternal life, who long to be in this city, come freely to him and are saved. And they will inherit all that God has promised them. But those who don't believe and show that unbelief by lives of sin, the cowardly, the immoral, Those who practice magic arts, all those that dabble in Satanism and magic, they'll perish. It's an awesome business. There's such brilliant glory displayed here. But at the end of the passage, there's that fiery lake of judgment. Oh, and be sure that you're going to be in that glory to come by trusting in Christ now and living for him. After this section, there comes a description in symbolic terms, of the beauty and perfection of this holy city. Read it for yourself. The great glory of the city is there. It needs no temple or light, as the fact that God is there is the light. It says in verse 22, The Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, that's Jesus, are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. And he ends the chapter by saying again who will live in this city. Now ponder this. Will you be there? Derek's going to read verse
2: 27 to us. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Nothing impure. You see the need for holiness.
1: Be sure that you've trusted in Christ, that you've been cleansed by his blood, and that you're living for him. Then going on. Into chapter 22, the city is shown symbolically to be truly fruitful. A great river flows from the throne of God, trees bearing fruit, perpetual light and his servants will serve God in constant communion with him and they will reign forever and forever. But read on in that chapter. If you're not a Christian, listen to this invitation at the end of chapter 22 where the Lord Jesus in verse 17 says... The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water
2: of life, and so be sure of the glory to come. John, will there ever be a time when that new heaven and earth will cease to exist?
1: No, Derek, it's eternal. In Matthew 25, 46, Jesus says, Then they will go away to eternal punishment, to the end of the ages, but the righteous to eternal life, to the end of the ages. The age of Christ's resurrection kingdom is never going to come to an end. Life is eternal, so heaven is eternal. We shall serve Christ in heaven and reign with him forever and forever in great joy. So, listener, be sure you're going to be there through faith in Jesus Christ.
0: What a glorious future awaits those who truly follow Christ. Well, that's the end of this episode of Serving Today. This is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. And in the words of the Apostle John, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. There are a number of ways to get in touch. Our email address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. Or you can search our web catalogue at www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.